Sailing God's People at SailingGodsPeople.org with your host, Dennis Beard. We've been talking about Christ. The Foundation Rock is your rock, your revelation of Christ, the real Christ. That is the foundation, the essence of the church upon the foundation stone, the rock, Jesus Christ, with studying everything to do with principles, statutes, judgments, commandments, without that revelation, Christ, without that revelation in Christology, it is impossible to have salvation. In 2 John 9, it says, Whosoever batteth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. We want to discuss in a very capsule description of Christ that first and foremost that Christ is God. He is that spirit. He is the everlasting Father. He's the Lord Jehovah, God Almighty, and there's not another God. We find that in 1 Peter 1 verse 10 and 11 that the Old Testament prophets searched diligently into the grace that should come to us searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ that was in them when it did signify. Now that signifies a sign, a signature. When it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. The sufferings of Christ would mean that God himself, if Christ is God, suffered. And how can this be? Since God is a spirit and cannot be tempted, certainly cannot shed blood, and then how can God himself suffer, die, and pay the propitiation, the price, for our salvation, our redemption, our sanctification, and ultimate glorification? God himself said he looked for a man. As we see in Isaiah, we find that Isaiah states that the Lord was seeking for a man. A man that would be the perfect, spotless, blameless Lamb of God to die for the sin of the world. Everything from Adam all the way through. The Old Testament all had sinned and come short of the glory of God and none good no, not one, for all were conceived in sin, shaped in iniquity. God said in the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah 63 and verse 5, And I looked, and there was none to help. And I wondered that there was none to uphold. Therefore, Mine own arm brought salvation unto me, and my fury it upheld me. Now Jesus endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. But who is this Jesus? Second person of the Godhead? A God-man? Or is he simply God and first and foremost is that spirit that is Christ. In 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11, it states very plainly 
that the Old Testament prophets prophesied by the spirit of Christ that was in them. That spirit is a capital S. It is God Almighty. And when it, when it did signify and prophesied and testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. The sufferings of Christ and how is God going to suffer? How is God going to pay the price, the penalty for sin? How is he going to reconcile us that were under the law who had sinned with an Adamic nature How is he going to redeem us back to God? He's got to have a perfect, spotless, blameless lamb and then be willing as a free will sacrifice to die for the sin of the world. And it says right here very plainly, God looked for a man and he said he wondered. There was amazement. There was no one that could come forth for the arm of salvation. Therefore, God said, therefore, mine own arm, the arm of flesh, brought salvation unto me. God himself worked and wrought salvation in and of himself alone. How did he do it? It's very simply. The law had to be fulfilled. By one man's disobedience, sin came to the world and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. There, Adam sinned. And there's a period of time, about 1,700 years, between Adam and the time that the law is given to Moses. Abraham had a promise that in Genesis 12, that there would be a nation that all the nations of the world through Abraham would be blessed. In Genesis 15, there would be the seed promised to Abraham, to his seed. And there we find the Abrahamic covenant as the seed of Abraham. Jesus did not take on him as his own arm the nature of angels. He took on him the seed of of Abraham. That law, Leviticus 17.11, says that the life of all flesh is the blood. We find in Hebrews 9.22 that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. That blood is required. In the Old Testament, it was ratified by blood as Moses Sprinkled not only the book but the people as well with the blood, with water, and that with hyssop. Therefore, by the shedding of blood, that blood atonement of Jesus Christ, but who is he? Who is the Son of God? Well, God looked for a man, and there was none that could uphold, there was none that could bring forth righteousness. Therefore, he said, my own arm, God's own arm brought salvation unto himself. That, how did God do that? In the New Testament, we find that the word was made flesh. Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The words that I speak are not mine, but the Father that dwelleth in me. How is this 
permanently in me. He's the one doing the works. The words that I speak are not mine. He's saying he is the Father. In John 8, 24, he and expounds that idea, that truth. He said, except you believe that I am he, they'd ask him, where is your Father? Jesus states, except you believe that I am he, the Father of glory, you shall die in your sins. So the Son of God is the Father revealed in a body of flesh and blood in the days of his flesh. Everyone quotes John 3.16, For God so loved the world, gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. 1 John 3.16, Hereby perceive you the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. Therefore, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. God laid down his life, yes, through his own body of flesh and blood. His own arm brought salvation to himself. Christ is God. 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. There in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11, we see that Christ, the doctrine of Christ, which is the foundation rock of the church, that we must believe and abide in the doctrine of Christ. For if any man abide not in the doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. In 1 John 5, verse 1, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ, he is God Almighty, the everlasting Father, revealed in a body of flesh and blood, Christ, then he is born of God. That doctrine of Christ is that Christ is God. It's a mystery. In Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9, it tells us this mystery, the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom in him, that man, are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Let no man spoil you through vain philosophy, the rudiments of this world, the tradition of those who made the word of God in none effect, and not after Christ. What is Christ? The doctrine of Christ, very simply, is Christ is God. He is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. He is Elohim. He is the Father, the Word. He is the Holy Ghost. Christ is all offices of the Spirit. Every function of the Spirit is Christ. And the Son of God is Christ, God manifest in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Who was? God. God was. Not the Son of God. God was. Christ the doctrine of Christ, binding in the doctrine of Christ, is that he is the Father of glory. He made himself, the Word made flesh, a body of flesh and blood, his own arm to bring, bring salvation to himself. The law was given that sin might appear exceedingly sinful. The law required the shedding of blood. Then don't let anybody tell you that with, there is a salvation without blood. Blood is the life of all flesh. And therefore, he said, I've given it upon the altar for your atonement. 
That's the only way that can wash away sin. And the devil hates the blood. Whose blood is it? It's God's own blood. Acts 20, 28. Take heed to yourselves and over all the flock, over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Well, there are two nouns in that, God and the Holy Ghost, which is one and the same spirit, the Father of glory. Take heed to yourselves and over, the, over all the flock, over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he, who? God, who is the Holy Ghost? The Spirit of God, the Father of glory, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, hath purchased with his own blood. That was his own body of flesh. That was his own body as the Son of God, the Father revealed in a body of flesh and blood. There's a doctrine of Christ. That's a foundation rock of the church. We must make sure that we're in the right Christological, we're in the right Christ, that we have believed in the rock of our salvation, and that rock is God. That rock is Christ. That Christ is God. Now, we want to bring that, how God works salvation in and of himself, through Philippians 2, 6 through 8. How did God do it? Well, we know Isaiah said, well, I wondered that there was no man to uphold. Therefore, mine own arm brought salvation unto me, God said. My own arm. Isaiah 53, 1, but to to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Has Christ been revealed to you? Are you following the true Christ? Christ is one. He's not a oneness. He is one. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Not a binitarian. The Lord said unto my Lord, sounds like there's two, but there's only one. There's one body, one spirit, one Lord. That Lord said unto my Lord, the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the invisible spirit, said unto my Lord. That's the Lord, the invisible spirit, that is now making himself manifest, seen, revealed, literally made flesh. For the Son of God is the express image of the Father. He is the image of the invisible God. That's the doctrine of Christ. The law had to be fulfilled. God gave the law that sin might appear exceedingly sinful. For without the law, sin is not imputed where there is no law. Even though death reigned from Adam to Moses even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam, who was a figure of that which was to come, of Christ. The law was given. God there had lost fellowship with his creation and that with mankind, with man, with Adam. Adam then fell. By one man's disobedience, sin came into the world. Death by sin. And now, sin reigns by death. 
but Jesus. He will reign by grace through righteousness because he is the word made flesh. He is the seed of the woman. That seed of the woman will have not the depraved nature of Adam and uh, that he was uh, uh, and had to sin and sin had dominion over him. But he had a virgin birth. The woman shall conceive and bring forth a son. He shall be called the son of the highest. That virgin, Mary, she said, according to thy word, be it unto thine handmaid. And she brought forth that son who will be called the son of the highest, whose name is Jesus. Jehovah is salvation. And we believe in the name of the son of God. He is Jehovah, Lord God Almighty, which is our salvation. We believe in that name. We believe in the name of the Son of God. Jesus, Jehovah, is salvation. God had to fulfill that law, but he had to do it with a man because a man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back. What does he do? He looked for a man. He wondered that he could find none. Therefore, he said in Isaiah 63, verse 5, mine own arm brought salvation unto me. God's own arm. To whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Hopefully this is being revealed to the church because there is no trinity. There is no binitarian tunis. There is no oneness. The man is God. God's own body of flesh and blood. The son of God is the father revealed and works salvation in and of himself alone. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Who is that? Therefore, mine own arm, God said, brought salvation unto me. Well, who is that? Who To whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? It's Christ. Christ is the Father. Christ is the Son. Christ is every office and function of that Spirit. The one Spirit of God. God in Philippians. 2, 6 through 8 tells us how he wrought salvation in bringing his own flesh and blood body into existence. Jesus, who being in the form of God, Morpha, thought not robbery to be equal with God. Nobody's equal with God except God himself. Made himself of no reputation. Why? Because the law is separating God from mankind through sin. Because of that, there's no fellowship with God by mankind because of sin. That has brought forth death. The law has to be fulfilled. To do that, God as spirit can't die. And we have to have blood shed because with that shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness. Hebrews 9.22. And therefore, the lifeblood will have to come from a man. By one man's sin, disobedience, sin came to the world. Therefore, by one man, we have to have a man. Well, God said, I look for a man. Again, I, for my own arm brought salvation to me, God said. I had to for myself 
my own body of flesh and blood. That's the Son of God who is the Father revealed, who is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, manifest in a body of flesh and blood. He was invisible before. Now he's seen. He's revealed. He is now expressed image of God himself. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. In the bosom of the Father, yes. The Spirit of God. He's the Father. Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father, Philip? In John 14. The law is there. The basic, fundamental, Christ's doctrine is, Christ is that Spirit who, through his sufferings of Christ, that he should suffer, die, be rose again from the dead, and enter into his glory. For it behooved Christ to suffer and to die, rise again, and enter into his own glory, the glory that he had before. How did that happen? Philippians 2, 6 through 8, Paul tells us exactly how that happened. Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought not Robert to be equal to God, but made himself, God himself, of no reputation. Means he laid aside his glory, a self-imposed limitation. He's not going to work as God. He's going to work as a man. He has to literally put this self-imposed limitation upon himself, not to work in the glory, the spirit, but only as a man, because a man lost it, only a man can redeem us back. Not working as a God-man, but as a man alone. One of us. Hey, and Adam after the fall. Therefore, he made himself of no reputation, laid aside his glory, just like the Old Testament. High priest did on the Day of Atonement. He laid aside his garments of glory and beauty took upon the linen garments. Why? Because he's becoming one with the people. Your God Almighty became one with mankind. Emmanuel, God with us. And by doing so, became our kinsman redeemer. He's one of us. A kinsman redeemer. Not working as God, but as a man fulfilling his own law. And that is the reason and the only way that God could fulfill his own law. He wrought salvation by his own arm, bringing salvation into himself. Isaiah 63, 5. When we have this, we're getting into the doctrine of Christ, the true Christ, not an antichrist, not something in lieu of Christ, the giving Christ the glory that Jesus Christ is the Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, to the glory of the Father. Now we're getting in the doctrine of Christ. As you've been taught Christ, we go into great detail in other the podcasts, but this is a very simple, capsule description of Christ. Who is he? Christ is God. He is the Father of glory, manifest in flesh. Therefore, God made himself of no reputation, Philippians 2, 6. There's your key. That's how God did it. 
That's how God did it in Isaiah 63, 5. Looking for a man, can find none. They're all sin, come short of the glory of God, none good, no, not one. All conceived in sin, shaped in iniquity. Therefore, God said, mine own arm brought salvation unto me, to his own self. How did he do it? He made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant. He did not cease and desist from being God. For this man will have, will have the spirit without measure from the womb, not from the tomb, from the womb. God made himself of no reputation. Jesus Christ took upon him the form of a servant and under this law to fulfill to fulfill that law and redeem us who were under this law. So therefore, he made himself of no reputation to not work his spirit, but only to work as a man because a man lost that only a man can redeem us back, Romans 5. Therefore, Jesus, in the days of his flesh, he's working as a man only. When he walks on the water, he walks on the water as a man. When he's weird with his journey, he is hungry and thirsted. He's working as a man. Not as God, but as a man. Why? Because he's made himself of no reputation. So he can fulfill his own law as a man, as his own arm, Isaiah 63, 5. To do that, he has to fulfill this law, being tempted in every aspect of this law, like as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews 4.15. He's one of us. Just like the Old Testament high priest took off his garments of glory and beauty on the Day of Atonement and put on the linen garments. He became one with the people. Our great high priest did the same thing for us. And he worked all the sacrifices. The Old Testament high priest, after he works all the sacrifices and the two goats that go to Vazazel, after he sprinkles the blood before the mercy seat seven times, he's finished all that he needs to do for the people and for himself on the Day of Atonement. Then he comes back out of the most holy place into the holy place, the sanctuary, takes off his linen garments and puts back on his robes, the garments of glory and beauty. When he does that, the linen garments are never to be worn again. It's once and once for all. Our great high priest did the same for us. He made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man, humbled himself to the death, the death of the cross. Why? To fulfill the law. There, Jesus is going to fulfill the law as a man. The law states in Numbers 4 that the high priest does not take his office until age 30. Therefore, Jesus will not take his office as our great high priest because he's fulfilling his own law as a man. How do we know that? Because God looked for a man. He wondered that there was none. He said, therefore, mine own arm brought salvation unto me. Isaiah 63, 5. It's God's own arm. We find it again in Isaiah 43:10. Thus saith the Lord, that's the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. And my servant, whom I've chosen. Sounds like there's two. 
But God says, I want you to know. I want you to know and understand and believe me and understand that I am he. The Lord is that servant. Before me, there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. See now that I am he. I am God thy Savior, the Lord thy Redeemer. And beside me, there is no other God. In Isaiah 43.10, he tells you that he formed himself a body of flesh and blood. Philippians 2, verse 6 through 8, Paul tells us the same thing. And the doctrine of Christ is that God brought salvation in and of himself alone. The law, there was a middle wall of partition parting God from man. God has to have a man. He's amazed. He wondered. He can find none. What does he do? His own arm brings salvation unto himself. Isaiah 63, 5. Philippians 2, 6 through 8. Paul states that he made himself, God himself of no reputation, laid aside his glory. He's not going to work his spirit. He's going to work only as a man. Takes, takes upon him the spirit of God, the form of a servant made in the likeness of man. Who is that servant? Isaiah 43.10. God says, that's me. I am that servant. I am he. There you have the doctrine of Christ. The father is the son. The son is the father. The father is the invisible spirit of God. The son is that father revealed. But there's still only one spirit. Of different office. A different office and function of the spirit. The Son of God is the redemption office of the Spirit. The Father is the administrative office of that same Spirit. The Word is the expression office of that same Spirit. One Spirit. The Holy Ghost is the power office of that one Spirit. There is no such thing as a trinity. There is no binitarian two-ness. There is no oneness where the man is not God. That man is God. He said, so I am he. He is God. That man is God, always has been God, and always will be God. Just because he made himself of no reputation to take on him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man, he still said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You're looking at him. Therefore, Jesus fulfills that law, that middle wall of partition, parting God from all mankind in his own body of flesh and blood. Very simply, Christ is God who made himself a body of flesh and blood is the Christ, the Messiah, the Hamashiach, the Hamashiach, then David. That God Almighty, the Messiah that would come into the world. The man who is God coming into the world. The Christos, the Christ. That's the doctrine of Christ. The Trinity do not have the doctrine of Christ. Monetarian Tunis do not have the doctrine of Christ. The Oneness do not have the doctrine of Christ. But if you see, the man is God, and there's not another. God says, I am he. Isaiah 43, 10. Isaiah 63, 5. Philippians 2, 6 through 10. All through, Jesus said, I and my Father are one. John 10, 30. And he said, except you believe that I am he, the Father, John 8, 24, you will die in your sins. 
This they understood not. He spake to them of the Father. They still don't understand today. Jesus has worked salvation in and of himself alone. The law was a middle wall of partition. He makes himself a spirit of no reputation, takes on him the form of a servant. The spirit is latent. It does not work because God is fulfilling his law as a man. Because a man lost that only a man can redeem us back. There, the law states that a man cannot come behind the become the high priest, become the high priest until age 30. Jesus then cannot take his priesthood, the high priest, until age 30, as our great high priest, fulfilling his own law. Numbers 4 tells us this. Therefore, Jesus begins his ministry at age 30. During that time, it is very important that you see and understand that even though God has his own body of flesh and blood, the Son of God is the Father revealed. Yet, the law has not been fulfilled yet. The redemption price of shedding of blood has not been shed yet on the cross. Therefore, Jesus will be tempted at all points like as we are yet without sin, Hebrews 4.15. And for as much as the brethren, all that are particulars of flesh and blood, God himself likewise took part of the same that in all things he was made like unto his brethren. Hebrews 2 and Hebrews 9.22, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness for us to be forgiven of our sins. Buried in the sea of forgetfulness is what washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. So therefore, the law is still there just because God is now manifest in the flesh. So he said, why does he pray the Father? Because the law is still there. Well, it's born in the city of David, Christ the Lord. That's the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, Christ. The man working salvation as a man, being tempted as a man, shedding his blood as a man and under the law. God is not working because he's made himself of no reputation. Philippians 2.6 He's fulfilling the law as a man. Not as a God-man, as a man. And as he fulfills this law, making the captain of our salvation perfect through sufferings. He's going to be tempted, tried. He is going to fulfill this law in every aspect. Spirit, soul, and body. Human spirit, rational soul, and a human body of flesh and blood just like us. And when he does, as long as that law is still there, and Jesus in the days of his flesh, not working his spirit, but as a man, has to pray to the Father because the law is still there. He hasn't been glorified back by the Father's self. He's made himself with no reputation to take on the form of a servant made in under the law, but the law is still there. Well, Emmanuel, God with us. Yes, but the law is still there until the cross of Calvary, Golgotha, until that happens. There is a separation between the Spirit of God and all mankind because the law has to be fulfilled. And Jesus, as a man, made under the law, Galatians 4, verse 4, made of a woman, made in under the law, will fulfill the law as a man of flesh and blood just like you and me. 
after he does, being tempted at all points like as we are, yet without sin, he has been found spotless, blameless, perfect Lamb of God. Then he has to be willing, a willing sacrifice to die for us as a free will offering. And Jesus said, no man taketh my life from me. I have freely lay it down. I have power to lay it down. I have power to receive it again. This I've received of my Father. As a man, he's showing us the way, the truth, and the life. And because the law is there, he has to pray to the Father because he's made himself of no reputation to be that man and under the law. He's fulfilling his own law. God was in Christ reconciling the world back into himself through the man, Christ Jesus, the law, literally being fulfilled and the blood price played by the blood sacrifice of the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Jesus fulfills the law. In everything, he's still having to pray to the Father until the cross. Why? Because the law is still separating God from all mankind. Well, that's God's own flesh. Yes, it is. But it is still. The price has not been paid. The law is still there as a wall of separation. As a wall of partition. What does Jesus do? He said, Father, glorify thou me. He said, I've glorified you and I'll glorify you again. I'm glorifying you back, back to me. Literally, God glorifying his own human back to himself to save all mankind and to redeem the world back into himself through his own arm of flesh and blood. Isaiah 63, 5. Isaiah 53, 1. Philippians 2, 6 through 10. Hebrews tells us how he does it as a son of God. There Jesus prays after he has fulfilled this law. And he's tell, he has told he has told the Jews destroy this temple in three days. I'll raise it up. Forty-six years were they in building this temple. Will you raise it up in three days? But Jesus spake of the temple of his body. Not a chiron, but a naos, his temple, the body. No man can raise up his own body except he be God. Jesus said, you destroy this temple in three days, I will raise it up. I've received it from the Father. Why? Because he is the Father of glory. But the law is still there in a separation between God and his own human. Because that law is still there. Jesus goes to the cross. As he's dying on the cross, he said, Father, in the end of thy hands, I commend my spirit, my human spirit. And he gave up the ghost. And that went into, commended unto God, the Father of glory, the Spirit of God. What happened the wall, that, that, that little wall of partition? That veil rent from top to bottom in Herod's temple, but this metal wall of partition, the ordinances of this law, that was contrary to us. In Ephesians 2, it tells us that this, these ordinances of the law, which were contrary to us, he took these ordinances 
and nailed it to his cross, thereby breaking down this middle wall of partition. Thereby of the twain, God and all mankind, making one new man. Here's your doctrine of Christ. Not a second person of the Godhead, but God himself. He says, I am he. Read Isaiah 43.10. That, that thus saith the Lord, Lord Jehovah God Almighty, and my servant whom I've chosen. Well, the denominational world says, no, it's not. They believe in the God-man of the Chalcedonian de- definition of 451 A.D. But that's not the truth. And almost all Protestant churches in the world of over 43,000 different denominations in the world have followed that doctrine. And it's not the doctrine of Christ. Check us out. There are many on the rock that we have in podcasts that goes into two to three hours worth of teaching. This is made as a very simple bottom line capsule description of Christ for you. Jesus, when he dies on the cross, takes the the ordinances of this law, nails it to his cross. Christ the Spirit, for the sufferings of Christ, the man. And after he takes the ordinances of this law, nailing it to his cross, thereby breaking down the middle wall of partition that parted God from all mankind thereby in himself making one new man. That new man, first beginning of the creation of God, that all things are made by him, for him, and for his good pleasure. Jesus Christ, the creator, God Almighty. Colossians 1, 16 to 17. He is that Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty God. Revelation 1, 8. When Jesus comes out of that tomb, he says, Matthew 28, 18, All power in heaven and earth is given unto me, the man Christ Jesus, who is God, manifest in the flesh. When you'll see in John 17, 5, as he's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory that I had with you before the world was. He made himself of no reputation, laid aside that glory. Now he said, I want it all back, not part of it, all of it. Glorified with the Father's own self. And that's the reason why in John 16, Jesus said, The time will come, you will ask me in my name. And I say not, I'll pray the Father for you. Why? Because all that the Father has is given unto me. You ask me in my name and I'll give it you. We say the name of Jesus. Because he is the Father of glory manifest in a body of flesh and blood, the Son of God. There's only one Spirit, Galatians 4, 6. God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts whereby we cry, Abba, Father, one and the same. Now you have the doctrine of Christ. Acts 2, 36, Let all the house of Israel know assuredly that same Jesus whom you crucified, God hath made Him both Lord and Christ. He went back to his former glory, glorified by the Father's own self. Before, to work salvation, he made himself of no reputation, laid aside his glory. Philippians 2, 6. What did he do? Died, rose again, and went back, taking all that glory back. 
That's the reason why in Acts 2.36, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that same Jesus whom you crucified, God, hath made him both Lord and Christ. Christ the Holy Ghost, Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is, 1 Timothy 6.15 and 16, the blessed and only potentate, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God, who only hath immortality. This is a Jesus-only doctrine of Christ, the Christ doctrine of Jesus only, the blessed and only potentate, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. What is that doctrine of Christ? 1 John 2, 22. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Father of glory, that he is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, that he is the Elohim, who is this Christ? His name is Jesus, Jehovah's salvation. Not Jehovah Jr., not God Jr., Jehovah himself, the Father of glory. 1 John 2, 22, Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ, the Father of glory, that literally took his own body of flesh, formed himself a body of flesh and blood at servant that he said, I am he, I am that man. And yet they tell us, no, he's the second person of the Godhead. No, he is the father of glory. He is the Lord. He is that God. He is the father. John 8, 24, John 10, 30. Beside him, there is no other God. He is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. The Lord is that spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.17. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist. What is Antichrist? Because he has denied both the Father and the Son. What's the Father? The invisible spirit. What's the Son? The invisible spirit made visible. The visible manifestation God manifests in the flesh which is that mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16. Now you have the mystery of God and the Father and of Christ. The full Christ doctrine of Jesus only. And Revelation 3.21. Him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me. S-I-T. Sit with me in my throne. That's the him that overcometh. That's where we're made to sit set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame, and I am set, S-E-T, not S-I-T, S-E-T, set, a state of glory, forever settled, uh, sit down with my Father in His throne. All power in heaven and earth, the name Jesus, being the name exalted above all names. But there you have the doctrine of Christ. Any man bide not in the doctrine of Christ, he hath not God, 2 John 9. There's the doctrine of Christ. Check it out. There's more going into greater detail. But this is a capsule description of Christ that if any man does not abide in this doctrine, it is a doctrine of Christ that is he hath God and has to have that doctrine to be born of God. 1 John 5, 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ, he is the Father, he is the Word, he is the Holy Ghost, he is the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty. 
who made himself a body of flesh and blood. Isaiah 43, 10. Isaiah 63, 5. Philippians 2, 6 through 8. That body of flesh and blood is that son. And whosoever believeth that Jesus is Christ, he is that father, the word, the Holy Ghost, manifest in the body of flesh and blood as the son of God, is born of God. Neighbor, you have it. That's a capsule description of Christ. Join us on the podcast. This is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.